I was just headstrong on, I hear you, but you're going to understand that my way is better. <laughs> um, it, I don't think it worked, but... Welcome back to Life with Gangs podcast. I am Emmanuel. And I am Esther. So we have been married for 10 years, um, enjoying most minutes of it. Um, some <laughs> days are harder than others. Um, but we are also the parents of four beautiful arrows. Um, and we're just on a journey to make God normal in the everyday stuff of life. With every episode, we like to start off with some fun type of question. Um, so today's question is, what is your favorite meal or item for your spouse to cook? What is it? I was going to let you go first. <laughs> I asked you first. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say um, number one would probably be your pancakes. Um, that's right I don't know what you do to that batter but you give it some loving <laughs> and the pancakes always come out just fluffy and perfect mm. um, and I'd say another one would be um, the chicken and rice bowl that you make that we had the you other night really like that yeah it's it's banging um, so yes I think those are my two favorites hmm yeah. What about you, Miss Esther? Mine is more general. Because I love when you cook chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like any type of chicken. Yes, like your chicken is just juicy, well-seasoned. Oh, it's good. Um, I guess it'd be wrong for me to say bacon because you don't really have to do too much. <laughs> Yeah, it's just all in the kind that you buy. Yes, but I will say, so I will say like your sauteed potatoes and green beans. Mm. I can't, I can't get on your level with those. They're really good. I've tried, I mean, like I've tried, but like with the green beans, I'm like, you notice I have not cooked them in a minute. <laughs> I've stopped. <laughs> Don't give up. No, you're, yeah. But yeah, your potatoes, nice. Mm. Cool. Cool. So today's topic um, sparks from another conversation that we've had. Um, but the working topic is perception is everything. How our past and personalities impact our present relationships and the need for God in navigating the differences. Um, so that was a lot in the title. Yeah, I was but like, can you kind of slow it down and repeat yeah so basically okay so i'll repeat it and then we'll break it down so perception is everything it's how our past and personalities impact our present relationships and the need for god in navigating the differences uh, so basically what that means is um, we all come from different backgrounds different family backgrounds different life experiences um, before we enter into uh, most of our long-term relationships right and how we perceive things today is directly related to those backgrounds and past experiences um, life experiences and so oftentimes we see a lot of things differently um, and so we just want to talk about some of the things that we've seen in 
our marriage um, and our parenting and our relationship um, and just how we are navigating through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the most recent um, area where this came up was with school. Um, so you guys know that we currently are, um, I say we, but because we're a team, but <laughs> Esther um, homeschools um, our children um, as part of a blended model program. Um, and, and we always say we just take it one year at a time. Right. Um, so each year or each summer we'll sit down and say, hey, do we feel like, you know, Lord is telling us to continue this or are we shifting in such a way? Um, and with school, um, I grew up, I'm a product of the public school system, um, Onslow County. Um, and that's pretty much all I've known. Um, I think I was in some type of private school when I was in Hawaii, but that was like kindergarten or something oh, like that. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. Redemption Academy. Oh, uh, I remember we had those light blue uniforms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so pretty much my entire history is public school. Um, and Esther's is different. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so that has, um, at some points, it would cause friction in our conversation um, because there was coming from two different perspectives. I think, uh, well, you kind of have to explain, like, with us looking possibly at an end to homeschooling, we have to entertain the other options. And so that goes from charter, public, private, Christian, whatever. And in those conversations, that's when the background and experience. Because for me, 11 out of my 13, was it called grade school years, mm-hmm. were in private um, school. And then I went to public school my junior, senior year. And then I went to public university. And then I went to private university. It wasn't necessarily Christian. Um, the private school in grade school was Christian. And then graduated from private university taught in public school and middle school and so I have like all of that mixed up and it's not helping me with my kid (laughs) (laughs) I mean it is it is but it's like it's almost like too much information yeah and so I have strong biases which affect how we communicate because I'm the complete opposite because like I have um like no experience in the private school. And once you start getting into all these different university models and all that stuff, like it just goes over my head. I'm like, just stick them in a public school and they'll be good. Um, Cause look how I turned out. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. I have some issues, but it's okay. It's, it's, a, it's a little flavor. What you said about your other college admission. What? How I kind of got in? They didn't say no, but they didn't say yes. Yes, there was one school here. Um, Anywho. But yeah, so it, I don't know, lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. At me. I'm sorry. I was saying something about public school. And look how you turned out. That's what you said. Yes. Um, and so... I've never um, 
I never had um, any hesitation with sending my kids to public school. Um, like I'd never even, um, I'd heard of homeschool. Um, I had seen people in private school, but it was never my experience and those that I was close to his experience. Um, so it was never really an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was never something I looked into. And then we get married and <laughs> you start talking about homeschool and I'm not putting my kids in, pri- in public school system. Um, and it was, it was hard to accept because I was not trying to see it from your perspective. I was just trying to see it from this has been my experience. It's always been good. I know a plethora of public school people and, Mm. you know, everybody's turned out for the most part well adjusted. Mm. And there are people that grew up in private school that are jacked up. And I know that's a lopsided view, but you're looking at me strong right there. No, I I was just trying to look at you while I talk. Sorry, I took my screen. Um, but yeah, so I I think just understanding that we see the world very differently, mm-hmm. um, it's it's important to start understanding that as you're navigating uh, marriage and mm-hmm. just other relationships in general, um, because it'll uh, cut down on the friction, cut down on some needless arguments and all these other things. So public school is kind of what or the school issue mm-hmm. um, is kind of what triggered this. Um, but there are many other examples, even for us, um, where we are different. Yeah, where our experiences growing up have fashioned our perceptions now and impacted decisions we make mm-hmm. or decisions we attempt to make from two different sides of the um I want to say boxing ring. That's the first thing I thought of. That's not what I meant to see. So no, we are not <laughs> opponents. We're on the same team. It's the opposite sides of, you know, the playing field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, even with, um, like, how we were raised. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, I grew up um, with three other siblings close in age. Um, and so like for us, we did everything kind of together. Um, we were brought up to support each other. Um, like I know we hadn't really talked about it directly. I think we've talked about it briefly. Um, but like growing up, like with sports and just extracurricular stuff, Mm -hmm. like my family was raised where, we support each other. Like if somebody has a game or a band concert or everybody, goes. whatever, like everybody goes, if you don't have anything to do, like you're going to support your sibling. Um, and that's kind of how we were raised. And so now with us and our kids mm-hmm. going through sports, like it's my default um, position that mm-hmm. like, you're going to go and support your sibling, like regardless of what it is, like, just because you want to go to your class at the Y or whatever, but it's like, no, like you're going to go and sit and support and cheer on and watch your, your sibling play basketball or kick a soccer ball or whatever. Um, so like, that's why I push for that because that's what I've known. 
Um, Even if but, it's not beneficial to the person who has to watch the kid that does not want to watch their brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it Cause is. You can't even watch the game. Yeah, because I mean, for me, it's it's a culture um, like that was the family culture that I was brought up in. From what age, though? Since we started playing sports, or even before that, like I remember sitting okay. at my mom's soccer games, um, and well, this was when I was older when my dad um, with basketball or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like that was always my experience, um, and so I wasn't uh, upset. I just saw that we saw things differently mm-hmm. when you were okay with them either going to class or not going to the game or going mm. off to play soccer like on the other fields instead of watching their their brother play um like you i just never said anything about that i know so that makes me wonder how you feel about me when i have to work uh, that's why i asked you like it wasn't because at that point it wasn't um it definitely wasn't something to argue over or make a fuss over um but it bothered you um i noticed the difference um i wouldn't say it bothered me i would say i noticed the difference and um if i could begin to change your mindset or help you to see why Mm -hmm. i want um you know the kids to support each other um it was from that perspective but it was never um i was upset or frustrated with you because of whatever um but that was like that's my history that's Mm -hmm. what i knew and so that's what i continued to to walk in it's different for me one because i'm 10 years older and 17 years older than my siblings so by the time i was playing middle school basketball they were only two and three Mm -hmm. Um, and then not even existent because I wasn't playing sports after that. Um, recitals, yeah, like go to the voice recital. Um, I think my parents, like, and that's the thing, like it's not to say that they weren't. I just don't have like a big memory marker of them coming to every single game. Mm-hmm. I was going through a lot in middle school too. So there could be like, um, what do they call those thoughts? Memories. Like they could not be they could be there but just not remembered. Yeah. I do remember like aunt, my aunt come, coming to the games, um, because she was so loud. <laughs> Can't forget that. Uh, loudest black woman there. Um but I, there were times like away games, like parents would come and pick up their kids. I was on the van riding back with the team. Like mm-hmm. that that was it. It's not my normal, and so that wasn't. I was like, "Oh, so and so doesn't want to go. They can go to class." Like I didn't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Because um, in my head, it's like you're probably not gonna even remember this <laughs> at this age. My sisters probably don't remember coming to my swimming classes. Like, well, you gonna stand there and watch me swim because yeah. you can't get in the water. Like stuff like it just to me. So it's interesting. Like I will say. With me changing my schedule, that's one of the reasons why is because it's frustrating to miss games. Mm. Um, from soccer to now basketball and then hopefully baseball. Like that is frustrating. One, because I'm not there. Two, I feel like it puts more of a weight on you. 
um, for the weekend when you could you should be relaxing from a work week. Um, and I'm just missing memories, like mm. so. Yeah. Yeah, because I think um, for me, like I I distinctly remember um, like my parents and my siblings being at my games, um, and like it's stuff that I've always held on to. Um, and so like, I want the boys, regardless if they start remembering now or, you know, once they're 10, 11, 12, where they, you know, recognize and remember that, you know, mommy or daddy or my siblings are always at my games or whatever. Um, I want them to see their support system, um, like the same way that we would support them, um, in school and helping them make sure their work is getting done. Um, I want it to be um, across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like I said, that's my past experience. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what I've known. Wait, so did your parents not work? Like your games were right after school, right? Um, they were, um, so in like middle school, high school, yeah, they were like four, five, six, six or whatever, um, seven, once I got to varsity. Um, but yeah, they would um, get off early or whatever needed to be done um they were definitely at the home games um depending on where the away game was um i know my mom was there um quite often um and yeah i mean i'd look up and see her in the stands and totally different yeah i mean they'd drive back i'd ride back on a team bus because that's where all the other memories were made um (laughs) But uh, but yeah, so that that's just my that was my norm to see my parents in the stands um, and to see, especially with rec ball on Saturdays, um, to see them, to see my siblings. Um, and that's not to say that um, there weren't Saturdays where we had games and the other siblings were behind the school playing pickup ball or in the lobby playing, eating, whatever. Um, but their presence was around. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. I think that touches on something else, but continue. What? I mean, it'll come up later. Oh, okay. Um, any other examples? You wanna, uh, um, I think one big one is just like differences in terms of traumatic experiences, if any, mm. which shape, how I move, decisions I make, what I don't participate in or don't allow the kids to do. Yeah. Like sleepovers. That was one where I think you were like, what? What's, I don't, huh? And for me, I was like, no. Like, (laughs) we're not, I can't do sleepovers. And it's interesting because I'm a female. I've only been to female sleepovers. I don't know what guys' sleepovers are like, uh, but just the a idea. Bunch of farting and food. <laughs> was that movie little or big? Oh, the one we just watched. They're in the treehouse, farting in a can. Oh, uh, I know. Robin about. Williams. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just like that, like them staying over somebody's house overnight. Um, just different activities just because of my experience with molestation um, within the family. Mm. And so it's just extended family. So it's just 
wondering, like having that strong conviction with our kids, presenting that to you, wondering like he probably thinks I'm crazy, which I don't care. But it, but at the um, I say I don't care, but I do. But at the same time, I was like, I hear what you're saying. But I'm not going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's there's some times where it's like that. Um, but a couple things. So one, I think it um, takes courage to admit those difference of convictions, mm-hmm. um, and because it could have been something like you just quietly held on to and you just like if the boys were invited to a sleepover and you and I talked about it like you could just instead of saying this is why I don't Mm. want them to be there come up with some other excuse say oh we have such and such to do Mm. this weekend or whatever and never really specifically address Mm -hmm. like this is based on past experience Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it, it takes courage to share some of those things especially when it can um be perceived as weird or it's not uh common like it doesn't flow Mm -hmm. with the norm of the day um so i think it definitely takes courage to be able to do that um and like with that one when you shared that with me i understood it um, because you had shared um, that part of your past with me previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't, um, it wasn't like it was something coming out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was easy for me to say, okay, I understand that, um, you know, we can roll with your conviction on this. Um, and if things do change, you know, then we can talk about it. Um, but we'd be talking about it in light of, me having an understanding of why you felt that way mm-hmm. instead of just arguing, let him go. No, let him go. No. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I think it, it takes courage to do that. Um, and then uh, the other thing was like, if it's not um, something that seems like a big deal, um, it's like how much do we push um, to hold on to our, position Mm. um i think one with uh we kind of experienced this summer with finally letting uh jc go up the street to his friend's house i still Uh, (laughs) have a little flame about that on the inside of my soul oh all right well so we won't touch on it too much um (laughs) but a long (laughs) episode But, uh, I mean, that was another difference. Like, I'm used to, like, I grew up being able to go up the street and play ball with the boys and whatever, at whatever age. Um, And so it was, there wasn't a hesitation for me to let him go. Um, But even, and that was one. To let them go. And that was even one where. um, mm Mm-hmm. Texan. (laughs) Um that was one where I knew how you felt, but I made the decision before you could block it. Uh, Cause I think I told you 
afterwards or after I'd already said they could go. Um, and then we kind of addressed it. You and I kind of talked through it, I guess, a little bit at that point. That's uh, why I have a little flame. <laughs> because that was one where i didn't see um i didn't see a valid point um because like we had had the conversations with the boys you know not going in people's houses and being mindful of your surroundings and all that stuff like we had you know all the talks um not as frequently as we should have i can count but they have but they had the information um and i think there is a time where you have to let them see if they know how to apply the information mm. um and so that was one of those tests to, to let them apply it um and so yeah so that was one where um i was willing to uh take your flame mm-hmm. and and not uh flow with you on that one i think but, but that i think the reason why that upset me one was the age at the time two is like babe what have we been looking at in the news for the last forever years with black boys? Mm-hmm. And granted, it's one street over, walk through the houses, whatever. We live in a majority black community, so I actually feel safer here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's still like the police still roll through yeah, all the time on the main road. And I don't know. I would rather see them near my house how they interact with police officer than a street over. Because for one of them, I was like, I mean, it's been like, answer the question, don't run, stay calm. Like, But for one of them, I just could not see them applying that. And that that, that scared me. Even when I, I think I told you I shared it with the ladies and they all felt the same way I did. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, like I understand your concerns and your fears, but um, I don't want to live in a world where the ignorance and actions of others paralyzes me and my children from living. I um, and so there are some risks that, like, there are some risks that I'm willing to take. Yes, and they did good, and they did fine. I felt like you wouldn't talk to the dad only because you felt guilty or you felt bad. No, it wasn't that I felt guilty or I felt bad. I just wanted to help put you at ease. Oh. Like, yeah, nothing to do. I did, I ain't So you wouldn't have enough. gone if I was okay with it? Um, I would have driven by um, to check on the boys, but I don't think I would have stopped and knocked on the door and had like a conversation with the dad. Okay. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that's why I still like... The little flame. <laughs> love. I'm looking at this love thing on the wall. <laughs> yes. Keeps no record So on air, yes. On air, you got to let this thing go. I know. You got to forgive me. I know. It's just hard. Like, I, you didn't give me time to process or talk about it. It was just like, this is what it is. And I because, was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on. I won't I won't labor on that point. Um, so, yeah. So basically um, understanding like we all come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences um, and that impacts our relationships, impacts how we parent, impacts um, our relationship with our spouse, with our peers, whatever. Um, and I think it's important um, to know that. And so 
Um, we kind of talked about um, at least one of these, but we had three points, three scriptures to um, encourage um, ourselves and encourage you guys on how to navigate um, when you're seeing these things differently, when you're seeing the world differently um, or seeing some issue uh, or topic differently. Um, and so the first is um, like if you are um, have a difference of perception, if you perceive something different than your spouse or whatever, um, be willing to learn where your spouse's perception comes from and not just settle in frustration. Um, so we kind of talked about that, but basically um, like taking the time to sit down and have the conversation um, or at least ask the questions on why they take this stance. The um, direct questions. Yeah. The direct questions. Um, because oftentimes, like if you're willing to ask those questions, um, then they may share and it'll help you to understand why they feel so strongly um, about why your kids can't go to a sleepover or um, why you have to leave the light on above the stove every night or whatever, like it could be big or small. Um, but like asking those questions, it'll help you to understand because otherwise you will just grow in frustration because you're trying to act around instead of just asking the direct question um, of why they feel like that and why, you know, that's the decision that they want to make. Um, and it's, it's unhealthy to allow that stuff to fester and mm -hmm. to grow in frustration toward your spouse or toward your children or whatever it may be. Um, because you will, at some point it'll come out and it won't come out good. Um, and so the last thing we want is to, um, blow up at our spouse over something that could have been resolved months ago through, you know, asking a series of questions and being willing to sit and listen. Um, so yes. Yeah. yeah. You gonna do the next one? Yes. I feel like you set me up for this one. <laughs> oh, my bad. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, is the next one says, um, make sure that you are clothed in humility. And these points just come from a conversation we had last night, just processing this podcast episode and realizing, yep, that's a that's a good point. So be sure you're clothing you're clothed in humility, meaning you're not standing in a false reality that your way is always right. So mm -hmm. like with the I'm trying to think of something else. I don't know. But with any of the examples that we've used, we've had differing opinions. And so I could stick my feet in the cement and be like, no, I don't want this to go down with them because X, Y, Z. Um, or you could say, this is why I want this to happen. Or, no, I don't want this to happen. And I could be like, oh, yeah, tell me why. But in my head, I'm like, and. Like, <laughs> right. You, know, you, I'm not, you asked a question. But, but I'm not willing to understand gain like have empathy mm. and find some path of compromise like humility is me laying aside my opinions at the moment listening to yours and then navigating the waters of okay where can we come together and agree on this mm. um not how can I sway him to my side? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> now, I, don't, I don't remember what um, specific thing we were talking about last night, but I was telling you, um, like I had done that in the past with you. I tried to do that in the past with you. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you're sharing your perception and I was just headstrong on, I hear you, but you're going to understand that my way is better. <laughs> um <laughs> And I don't think it worked, but um, like, cause there was a quote um, that said, just because I'm right, doesn't mean you're wrong. Mm, um, and so just this picture of um, like, we both can be right because we are, um, what was the example I used last night? Oh, the Christmas tree. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we have a Christmas tree in our living room, right? And um, we can both be sitting on the couch, sitting right next to each other, looking at the Christmas tree, and we could both see something totally different based upon the culmination of our past experiences. Um, so like, I could look at it, and it could bring up feelings of depression, anxiety, sadness, um, because of my past experiences. And Esther could see that same tree, and it could... Um, you know, stir up feelings of love and warmth and family. Um, same tree, we're sitting pretty much at the same angle, but our perception is different because of our life experiences. Um, and so neither one of us are wrong. Um, we just have different. There it goes. We just have different experiences. Um, so, yeah, so it, it definitely takes humility um, and being willing to. Um, Except and sometimes like it is just a matter of compromising Um, and say, hey, you know, I fought hard for my perception. I went out on the last issue. This one, you know, it's it's not like a deal breaker decision. So Mm. sometimes, you know, just give it to your spouse. Let your spouse have this one um, for the sake of peace in the home and Mm -hmm. um, maturity and whatnot. Uh, So, yeah, so definitely being clothed in humility. Um, the next one is, um, practicing patience in the learning and the courage to dive deeper in vulnerability, um, to share why you feel and think certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the learner side, kind of what we talked about before, um, is having the patience to, um, to ask the questions, to um, try to understand, to fight to understand um, their perception. And I think the bigger part is the courage for the one who has the different perception, whose um, who's it may not be the uh, relational norm or cultural norm view. Um, like it takes a lot of courage to open up and be vulnerable to say, you know, yeah, I know this is kind of expected, um, but this is how I feel, and this is why I feel this way about this situation. Right, because a lot of times I feel like whether you're married or you're in a relationship with someone or it's just friendships, you could feel a certain way, and it feels so um, eclectic or like an outlier based upon the group that you're in or the Mm. person you're with. And so there's a fear of explaining how, why you feel the way you feel. 
And so for someone to say, hey, I notice every time we hit on this issue, you respond this way. Why is that? It takes a lot of courage for that person to say, oh, Excel, I feel that way because maybe X, Y, Z happened mm-hmm. or... Yeah, most of the time it's based on experience. A lot of our fears, our, our hesitations is based upon experience, which becomes knowledge, which becomes like the guidance of our decision making. Um, and so I think that was, I feel like it's the same for both of us. I mean, I feel like ever since we dated, we were very honest with each other. I felt really comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. After I came into Christ, I was kind of like, I ain't got nothing else to lose because I almost lost everything. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm pretty open book with anybody. Um, And so at some points it was easy, but then there's some points where you would ask or I would have to explain. And it might have showed like an immature immature side of me Um, because I feel in a lot of ways you are very wise in areas that I'm not. And... um, I'm like, well, I don't want to say anything because he don't think I'm stupid. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm, yeah. So that is, I feel like that's the biggest one. Yeah, I think like it, um, it definitely goes beyond just the, the marriage relationship. Because um, mm-hmm. I think about um, like just the church environment, church history that we've gone through, um, and how. Um, Like there was one ministry we were in and I was like just wrestling with my faith, wrestling through a lot of different things. Um, And out of that um, came a new conviction or position I had on Mm -hmm. a certain topic. Um, And it took a while for me to be willing to voice that because it was a popular opinion. Yeah. um, And so for me to step out and say something contrary to pretty much everyone else in our circle um, kind of puts a target on my back or like sets me as the outsider. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we don't want to be the outsider, like you said. Um, So sometimes we'll just shell up or, you know, cover it up to make it look like something else. Yeah. Let it be passive aggressive type stuff. Um, But um, sometimes being willing to, be vulnerable and open up and share. Um, it can empower others to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the Invictus quote um, or poem or whatever. Um, but like, we have to have the courage, especially in our closest relationships, to be vulnerable enough to share and to say, "Hey, I know you feel this way, but this is." the way that I feel. And this is why I feel that way. And then the two of you or the four of you, whatever, um, just sitting down and talking through that to try to understand um, everybody's viewpoint. And so you have to practice patience in in dealing with those differences of opinion. Do you think loyalty is a part of that too? Like the person who hears it, not being trusted enough with the information you have to not use it against them? or make it public if one it private or you know what I mean? Like yeah. if I tell you something very intimate as a basis of why I do things, there has to be trust. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's definitely um, a level of trust and uh, a test of the relationship when somebody opens up like that. Um, like I often think about um, David and Jonathan. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, when um, Jonathan gave our... Is it David? Jonathan. Jonathan gave David his sword. Yep. Um, and was it his sword? His basically all his armor and right. everything. Um, and so he basically put himself in a very vulnerable position. Right. Um, and it could have been used against him, but instead it was kept nurtured. And um, we kind of see how the story goes. Um, so I think in whatever the dynamics of the relationship are, when somebody opens up and is vulnerable with you, um, one, it shows you that they care about you because if they didn't care about you, they, uh, I don't think they would open up like that mm-hmm. um, to, to willing to be vulnerable. Um, and so it gives you an opportunity to um, reciprocate that love back to them um, and not <laughs> <laughs> and not jumping down their throat or making them feel ashamed that their opinion is different than yours. Um, did I hit something? That thing right there. What, shame? No, yeah, when you have differing opinions. Mm. <sighs> Let's get to the word. Yeah, um, so... Some of this stuff um, we've already covered, um, so I don't know how much we'll go into each of these. Um, but the first scripture um, we wanted to share with you is First Peter 3 and 8. Um, it says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Um, so as we are seeking to understand um, those with different perceptions, those with different past experiences, um, when we are differing on things, um, like we have to have that brotherly love. We have to have sympathy. We have to have a tender heart and a humble mind um, where we're not quick to fight to be right. Um, But we're, as James says, like we're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to make sure that, uh, that that's what we're fighting for as believers um as husband and wife as mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in the faith um we have to make sure we're fighting for that uh you got the next one yeah romans twelve nine. let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor and i believe this applies to um when you get down to the nitty gritty of differing of opinions or when you're sharing your differing of opinions, it's not a moment to be stubborn or strong-willed, but it's a moment to, one, not lean into anything that's divisive. Mm. Um, Hold fast to what is good. If that is a relationship or a friendship God has established, like, don't let this different whatever um, be a tool to divide that. Yeah. Um, with outdoing one another and showing honor, that goes back to the humility thing. Like, you feel this way about this? I'm going to ask and I'm going to actively listen, mm-hmm. not think of a response, not take notes on what I think. I under- Like, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to ask questions and ask questions so I understand and gain empathy about where you're coming from. Mm. Yeah, I think that's helped um, 
me a lot um, because, I mean, for the most part, like we do think our perception is right. Mm. Um, I know I do. <laughs> and I do too. <laughs> so sometimes when you say stuff that's different than my perception, it's like, oh, she's wrong. So let me just hear what she says so I can tell her why she's wrong. Mm. Um, I don't even be wanting to know. I just be like, oh, here we go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See? See, we are actively working on this, people. Um, but yeah, so it, it definitely takes work. Um, and then the last one is a very familiar passage. First um, Corinthians 13, 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind. Um, it does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. And then verse 5 says, um, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Um, so I think the... How yeah, because I'm sorry, I was rude for leaving out rude, <laughs> um, but I was trying to put emphasis on that next part where it says it does not insist on its own way. Mm. Um, so as we are um, walking together through these relationships, it is important that we are not um, just bullheaded and insist that our way is right without ever seeking to understand um, the perception the, the viewpoint of our spouse or whoever it is that we're in relationship with. Oh, and this is so important when as parents, because parenting goes through seasons of very black and white training, discipleship. No, I need you to obey me when I say don't touch the stove or don't cross the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it goes into this more intentional discipleship training where it's like, okay, why did you think it was a good idea to do X, Y, Z? And if as parents we are so bullheaded in our perceptions, we may be right because maturity, wisdom, whatever, but we also may not know all the facts. So if we don't Mm. sit there and talk to our middle school son or high school son about why did you think it was a good idea to stay past curfew and do this or what happened, like it could prevent them from even having the desire to be open and vulnerable in the future with us with their friends with their future spouses like it'll create this domino effect Mm -hmm. Um, because i can say personally like i feel like it can go either two ways that child will diminish their thoughts and their opinions and their perceptions be like okay whatever you say like they won't fight for it yeah. or they will become completely like you I haven't been heard for all these years y'all everybody will hear me now like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it has to be cultivated at home in our families with our kids but mm-hmm. we have to cultivate it this way between us first yeah yeah that's good i think we even have to and when she said this way she was pointing horizontally um, in our marriage, mommy and daddy. Yes. Husband. Um, I think it even before that starts with the vertical. Um, Very like, true. Because um, we can read scripture, um, you know, about how God is with us in the storm and how he moves mountains and stuff like that. Um, but God, my perception is I don't see you in that. Right. Um, and so like learning to be vulnerable with him and seeing how he lovingly walks with us through those Mm -hmm. seasons um, is, is important. And as we see that, then it impacts us here and then it branches out to our children Mm -hmm. and all the other relationships. Um, I think that's hard culturally. Oh yeah. Cause our culture is like be seen and not heard. 
do what I say till you turn 18 and leave my house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's easy. Not only even want to say culturally, but maybe even generationally, certain generations. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think it's even shifting now in our generation with those who are raising kids. Like the children have, um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but they have a lot more. Say, yeah. <laughs> they have a lot more um, ability to be vocal and to share their opinions, mm-hmm. whether different or whatever. Um, we just yeah. have to navigate, like, when is the appropriate time? And yeah, sometimes you just need to shut up and obey. Yes, I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so perception is everything. Um, we must understand that our past, um, our personalities, um, all that impacts our present perception of um, our relationships. And we definitely need God to navigate through those things. Um, we need his grace. We need his patience. Um, his understanding, his perspective. Yes. Um, we need all those things to do that. So we hope this, uh, conversation encouraged you. Um, if it did be sure, if you haven't already to subscribe to our podcast on all available podcast platforms. Um, if you are following us or listening on iTunes, be sure to take a moment to hit that, uh, five-star rating and leave us a comment to let us know, uh, how you are encouraged by, um, not just this episode, but by our podcast in general. Um, if you're on Instagram, feel free to shoot us a message. We'd love to just connect with you guys, build with you guys, um, and just hear how, um, how we're doing, how we're impacting. Um, so yeah, you can follow us on Instagram if you don't already at life with gains podcast. Um, you can follow me at life with underscore Emmanuel. And you can follow me at two aiming for arrows. The number two, the number four. Cool. Um, I don't think there's anything else. We have one more episode for the year. Yeah, we got one more episode for the year. Um, so this is coming out on the 10th. We got one more on Christmas Eve. Um, mm. So we may do some type of Christmas yes. year end something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, so just reminder that we're coming out every other week now, um, not every week. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram. We're trying to build up that platform. Um, yeah, I think that is it. Uh, so if we should title this episode, um, I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. I have to understand your perspective on that one. Oh, really? Yes. Um, So, on that note, I'm Emmanuel. And I'm Esther. Join us next time as we journey to make God normal and help others build a life with with gains. gains.